Hi, my name is Rita Trotter, founder of The Health and Fitness Coach. Welcome to the Health Collective Podcast, where we talk everything body, business, balance and being for busy women looking to take control of their health, weight and body for good. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, so welcome to a wonderfully wet Wednesday, or at least it is here. I have no idea where it is uh, with you guys. So welcome to the next episode of the Health Collective podcast. So what are we talking about today? We are going to go over the six important steps of change. What is change? Change is my particular system my signature system, as it were, that I use with all of my clients and with myself to change any behavior, habit, anything that isn't serving us long term, anything that is disempowering our goals. So for instance, if your goal is to lose 30 pounds and love your body and be healthy and fit and strong and in the best shape of your life is eating 10 biscuits every afternoon break serving that goal? Possibly not. We all have habits which are not helping us achieve what we want to achieve but most of us don't know why we have those habits where did they come from why can't we stop them why if we manage to get rid of them for a week two weeks three weeks why do they come back what is it that keeps habits coming back even when we know specifically we don't want that habit or it's not serving the goal that we're trying to achieve so the change are the six steps. And the very first step is C. And that stands for conscious choice. Now, most of the time, we spend our life in reactionary mode. Most of the time, we spend our life going on autopilot. I'm working at home, I feel stressed, I feel anxious, I feel a little bit tetchy. So I'm going to go to the how would we say it? How do most of my clients say it? The naughty cupboard. (laughs) I'm going to go to the naughty cupboard, uh, open it up and see what takes my fancy. Oh, there's some hobnobs. There's some chocolate digestives. There's some foxes if you're, you know, of the posh ilk. And you grab the biscuits and do it without thinking, do it without choice. It's just a reaction to feeling stressed or bored. A lot of the time we're sat in front of the computer in the same four walls every single day. Maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's fear, but we end up going and eating. It might be for you as drink. Do you automatically, as soon as that laptop closes and the work day is over, do you automatically pour yourself a glass of wine? Do you even think about it anymore or does it just happen, right? So the first step is conscious choice. And we do this by picking habit. So I'm going to go with the biscuits in the biscuit cupboard habit because it's just an easy one for me to um, sort of visualize for you. We choose the habit. And then when we find ourselves engaging in the habit, we consciously choose to stop. So for just a second, we say, right, hang on, I've opened the cupboard. I'm staring. Before I do anything else, I'm just going to stop and I'm going to think. 
Because when we take that moment to pause, it becomes a conscious choice. You consciously make yourself aware of exactly what you're doing. And when you do that, you automatically start to create a pattern of discussion in your mind around it. If it's a reaction, you don't discuss it with yourself. You don't weigh up pros and cons. You just do it. And then afterwards, inevitably, feel guilty for it. We want to consciously choose. So that's the very first step. Second step is H. How do I feel? So how do you feel? In this example, we're going to the biscuit cupboard. We've opened it up, we stop, and we consciously choose. We're not going to react. If we're going to eat this biscuit, it's a choice, all right? We're not blaming anything other than taking ownership of our own choice. So how do I feel? Now, every feeling that we have is trying to teach us something. We need to be curious about our feelings. We have feelings that we label as good feelings or bad, positive or negative. Yeah. If you said happy, you'd probably say it was a positive feeling. If you said sad, you'd probably say it was a negative. What we need to understand is that all feelings are good. Every single one, including stress, including overwhelm, including anxiety and fear and depression. Why? Because they're trying to tell us something. Pain is good. If you put your hand on top of the hob and it's on at, you know, full whack, you do this, right? Why? Because it hurts, because it was painful and the pain was trying to teach you something. Move your hand or you will get severely burned. The pain is our friend. If we're curious about what these feelings are telling us, often they're trying to help. So in this particular example, let's say we're stressed. So we have, and by the way, stress is just the PC word for fear. We're not allowed to say this day and age, I'm afraid when we're at work or in our daily life because it comes across in our minds in society as weak. It isn't. Everybody's afraid. Every single person listening to this is afraid of one of two things, either that you're not enough or that you won't be loved. They are the two driving fears for every single person on the planet. And I can guarantee if you're telling me that you're not afraid of one of those at some point in your life, you're lying to me or you're lying to yourself. Either we're not enough, and often that's how we feel at work. Imposter syndrome is just a way of saying I'm not enough or that I won't be loved. So stress is just a very politically correct way of saying I'm afraid. So I'm stressed. I want to get up. I'm moving away from the email. Uh, I'm moving away from whatever the task is that's making me stressed. And I'm going to go on the hunt in the kitchen for a distraction or a stress reliever that will last all of about 30 seconds. So what is that stress telling you? A feeling is telling you one of two things. Either you need to change your behavior or you need to change your belief. One or the other. So if we take the stress Maybe you are, and this is a completely hypothetical example, uh, but it's kind of based on a client that was speaking to me recently. You're sitting at your computer, you have five emails to send, all of which are to people where you feel that their reaction is going to be 
one that is not necessarily the reaction you want, that they're going to be angry, they're going to be peed off, that they're going to be frustrated, that they themselves will get stressed, they might get annoyed, whatever it is. So you've got these five emails to send to people where you know that their reaction is going to be a bit of a negative one. Now, why does that make you stressed? Why? Why does their reaction, which has nothing to do with you, all it's got to do is the way that they feel and they perceive the email that has been sent to them. Why does that cause you stress? Is it because of a behavior or a belief? Well, in this case, it's probably because of a belief. You still need to send the email, so you don't want to change the behavior. But you probably have a belief that says, if someone else is stressed or anxious or angry by my action, it's my fault. Incorrect belief. If other people around me are not happy 100% of the time, then it's my problem. Again, incorrect belief. So the stress is probably telling you to change a belief. And that belief is that it's your fault or your action that is causing them this negative pain. It isn't. It's all about the movie goer. You could send the same email to me and to another person, and we would have completely different reactions. It's got nothing to do with you or your email. It's to do with how we perceive the information contained within it. So how they perceive it is entirely down to them. Their perception has got nothing to do with you, and it shouldn't cause you stress. All you can do is take the actions that are necessary for your job, for your career, your business, whatever it might be, and whatever they perceive that to mean is down to them, not to you. So maybe the stress is telling you, I need to change the belief that it's my actions that cause other people pain, that it's my actions that cause other people anger. It isn't. It's entirely within them that causes that. So the stress, if we take the H, how do I feel? I feel stressed. Why? Because I'm fearful of another person's reaction well, I need to change the belief that it's my fault or my problem or I'm to blame because of that. Let's say we could take procrastination. That would be another way of feeling, right? How do I feel? I feel like I want to procrastinate. Okay. Why? Well, there's a list of three tasks that I've just been putting off and putting off because every time that I come to do them, it feels it fills me with anxiety. And what happens is when we procrastinate, we then get overwhelmed because we have more and more and more and more on our list of things to do. So what is that trying to tell me? What is the procrastination and overwhelm trying to tell me? It's trying to tell me to change my behavior. What behavior? Damn well, do it. <laughs> That's the behavior. Stop putting it off because it isn't the tasks themselves that are causing you anxiety and overwhelm it's the not doing them that is it's the waiting to do them and seeing them build up and giving them the gravitas of having weeks of waiting you know an operation what's worse having the operation or the waiting of it having a tattoo done if you've ever had a tattoo actually having the tattoo or sitting there listening to the guy with the needle waiting to do it on you <laughs> The waiting is always the worst. So what is this telling me? This feeling is telling me to change my behavior 
and stop walking towards the cupboard for yet another way of delaying, but just get on and do it. So the second step is always, how do I feel? And what is that feeling trying to tell me? Is it trying to tell me to change a belief or a behavior? Because once you know that, go and sort the belief or the behavior out and you don't need the cookies or the biscuits in the naughty cupboard to distract, numb or delay anymore. The third step, A, action. What action am I about to take? Name it out loud because all too often our habits, we kind of just push to the side. I don't want to think about that. I just eat a, I eat a couple of cookies a day. I drink a little bit of wine a day. I'm a little bit, you know, on the heavy side. Maybe I could cut back on a little bit of takeaway, whatever it might be. We tend to dampen down our actions. I've done it. Everybody's done it because we want to make ourselves feel better about what we're doing. But in the action stage of change, we have to be brutally honest with ourselves. I'm about to eat my 10th biscuit of the day. I'm about to drink my seventh glass of wine on a Wednesday evening. Whatever it might be, say it out loud. What action are you about to take? Fourth step, N, need. What need is that action fulfilling? Now, this is going to come back to the sort of the H, the second step, the how do I feel? So we are all in life driven by six basic fundamental human needs. I call them the six C's of need. The first C of need is certainty. We all need certainty in our life, whether it's safety, security, knowledge that our job will be there, our money will be coming in. Why are people so anxious at the moment? It's because there is no certainty. And every single person on the planet needs certainty in life. The second C of need is change, is, is actually changing. Not only do we need to be certain, we also then have to shake things up. When we get too certain, we get bored. And when we get bored, we need variety and change. The third C of need is consequence. We all need to feel consequential, whether that's because we're a mother, because we're a best friend, because we're a wife, because we're a daughter, we all need to feel consequential, significant, of importance. Imagine in a relationship, your other half made you feel like there was another woman who was more consequential than you. What effect would that have on your relationship? Not a very good one, I might say. So we all need to feel consequential. It's not arrogant. It's not ego. It's a human need to be significant to others. The fourth need is connection. We all need to feel connected, loved, cared about. The fifth is creativity. We all need to create, whether that's we create a business, we create a family, we create a drawing, we create music. We all need to grow and create in our lives. And the sixth C of need is contribute. We all need to contribute to have a truly fulfilling life we have to contribute and give to others it's like walking a road and as you walk down the pass you've got two options you either make the path so that only you can head down it and you get all of the riches and gold at the other end but 
you completely destroy it as you go along or you make a large path that has the riches and gold, but you take other people along with you and allow them to walk the path as well. Contribution is absolutely key to a fulfilling life. Now, usually when we have a habit, it's based on one of the first four needs, the first four C's, certainty, change, consequence or connection. So let's take the example of the stress. I'm stressed. That's how I'm feeling. We've identified that. I feel stressed because I don't know how these other people are going to react to the email. I'm unsure and therefore I'm making up stories of how badly they might react. What need is this person trying to fulfill? Anybody? Certainty. They feel completely uncertain about how everybody else is going to react. So they're trying to create certainty. And what is certain? If I have that chocolate chip cookie for one minute, 30 seconds, I will breathe. I will stop. I will feel good. If I have that glass of wine or the bottle of wine, I have certainty that I will be able to put everything else in the background of my mind and not focus on it. I have certainty that it will relax me. So a lot of the time, if we're stressed and that's how we feel, the need we're trying to fulfill is certainty. Another option could be boredom, right? How many people are sat at home working on their laptop, same four walls, and you are bored out of your mind. So every hour, every hour and a half, oh, what could I do? Where could I wander? Ah, the kitchen to the cupboard. What could I take out of there? And you eat, not because you're hungry, but because you're just browsing for some sort of change of environment or mood, some variety. So if the feeling that you have, how you feel is boredom, the need you're probably trying to fulfill, yeah, change. You want to change the way you feel, the environment, the pace, because you're bored. So it's really important to understand what need am I trying to fulfill? The six C's of need, right? Certainty, change, consequence, connection, creativity, and contribution. There are lots of different uh, ways that do it. There's sort of uh, Maslow's laws. Freud had a version of this. Um, Tony Robbins has version. Lots of people have versions. The six C's are mine. But the sort of the six needs come from a lot of different uh, past learnings from a lot of different coaches and, and professors and psychologists. The last two steps, G is goal. Okay, so we've consciously chosen to stop. We've identified how we feel. We've said out loud the action we're about to take. We've identified the need we're fulfilling. So the next step is G. Does this action serve my goal? Well, if your goal is to lose 20 pounds and keep it off long term, and the action is every time I'm bored, I go and eat five biscuits, is it serving your goal? Probably not. So we need to identify that. If it isn't serving your goal, we need to jump to step six, E, an empowering alternative. Now, the reason that most people can change a habit for a short period of time, but not long term, is because they don't come up with an alternative that is empowering. Now, what I mean by that is it needs to do two things. One, the alternative needs to suit 
the environment that the original habit takes place in. So cookies in the kitchen, in the cupboard, two minutes between meetings. If we then created an alternative which takes an hour to complete, it's not suiting the environment of the original habit. It's not going to work because it's too long in this case. If we have this habit of being in the kitchen and the alternative means we need to go somewhere that's 10 miles away, again, it doesn't suit the environment. It needs to be empowering by fitting in with the same context of the original habit. Second step of an empowering alternative is it needs to fulfill the need that the original habit was fulfilling. So if we take the two examples, stressed, trying to fulfill the need of certainty, if you then created a habit that was, I'm going to go and um, skateboard around the garden for two minutes, and I've never skateboarded before in my life, is that going to give you certainty? No, <laughs> quite the opposite. If you are 30s, 40s, 50s, even late 20s, and you've never skateboarded, and you're looking at it going, right, I have a bumpy ground and this thing with wheels and nothing to hold on to, it ain't going to give you certainty, quite the opposite. So it might be something you go and do, but it's not fulfilling the need, so it's not going to last. However, if we're bored, and we're looking for the need to fulfill of change, maybe going outside and doing two minutes of learning to skateboard would fulfill the need because it's change, it's variety, it's different, it's uncertain. If we're on the sofa end of the night and your husband's sitting on one end and you're sitting on the other and he's staring at his phone and all you're doing is sitting there going, I wish he would look at me. I wish he would tell me he loves me. I wish he would hug me. And all the while, he just stares at a screen five feet away. So you go to the kitchen and find something to eat or something to drink. You're looking to fulfill the need of connection. Because at least by eating and drinking, you feel connected with yourself at some level. So what would be an empowering alternative? Don't go to the kitchen. Go to your husband and give him a hug. Go over and wrap yourself up with him and say, can you put down the phone? I'd love to just snuggle up on the sofa that would fulfill the need for connection that would stick so the empowering alternative has to fit in with the same context and also has to fulfill the same need if it doesn't if it fits in with the context but it fulfills a different need and that's not the one that you're going to the biscuit cupboard for you will inevitably go back to the old habit because you have to fulfill that need. It is a law of humanity. So you'll go back to the old habit until a new one can replace that. So those are the six steps of change. Now, that is a very, very brief overview. I obviously work with clients on a much deeper level um, to understand that for them, not just in terms of biscuits, but in terms of internal belief systems, behaviors, um, really the fundamentals of why we do what we do so that we can create that permanent weight loss, that permanent body change, so that these old, bad, disempowering beliefs and behaviors can't come back. But I'm hoping that overview has given you a really good insight into the kind of steps that, you know, you could be taking. If you have any questions, 
please just pop them in the comments put anything down there i am more than happy to help out or respond or if you want to sort of ask me privately just send me a private message and and i'll see if there's anything that i can do to help you with those queries that you have if you do want to you know discuss further about helping you with you know your change your habits your behaviors then again just message me or go to the the featured section in the group um and there should be somewhere um a link to book a discovery call but if not just shoot me a message and we can always talk about how i might be able to help you we're coming into christmas we're coming into the new years we all know what that means but we don't want new years this time to just be two months of trying and then giving up we want to make 2023 the start and the end we want that to be the be all and end all we don't want it every january to be a constant cycle of a better start again so if you have any questions any comments pop them you know below the video shoot me a message um i'm here to help and i hope that some of this has been of value for you today and i look forward to seeing you on the next episode all right bye I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you need any more information, help or advice, or would like to book in a free discovery call to discuss your health, weight and body shape goals and the best way to get you there, head to www.thehealthandfitnesscoach.com for more information and links to our social media or message us at plus four four seven seven six nine six nine zero six seven nine or email us at Rita R-I-T-A at the health and fitness Thank you for listening and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. In the meantime, live, love and learn.